What's up and welcome to Ask Father Josh, the podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you to become a saint in your walk toward eternity. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from theology to philosophy, morality, spirituality, relationship advice, apologetics, works of charity, acts of justice, and the list goes on. I will sit with your questions, study them, pray with them, and hopefully respond to you in a way that is helpful for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. But my disclaimer is this, I'm not perfect. Therefore, my advice that I share with you might not be good for you. So if it's not good, then I want to give you the freedom to reject whatever it is that I say that does not help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ in the sacramental life of the Catholic Church. If you are a new listener or a recurring listener and you want to hit me with your own questions, comments, or critiques, uh, you can do so at www.ascensionpress.com slash askfatherjosh. Spell out the word ask, A-S-K-F-A-T-H-E-R-J-O-S-H. And you can submit your questions in the form at that particular link. On today's show, we're going to talk about honoring our parents, uh, believing in aliens, and fearing the Holy Ghost. But before we get into those awesome topics, I want to share with you a glory story. So my glory story is this, is I, I, I am just so grateful to be a priest. I am so, so grateful to be a priest. I, um, I recently was, I was fortunate enough to be able to walk with a loved one in the sacraments, um, in the sacraments as, as they prepare for eternity. And uh, it's something I pray for every day at mass for my, my loved ones. And I can't go into details right now, but I'll probably share with you in a couple of weeks. But my glory story is that God made a way for me to be able to accompany someone who I love very much into the sacraments and prepare them for, for heaven. And for that, I will be forever, forever grateful for that. I will be forever grateful. So I am just grateful to God for heaven. I'm grateful to God that we were created for heaven, that we were not created for earth, but that we were created for an eternity with him and the beatific vision. And um, yeah, I'm just so grateful for, for the priesthood, for the sacraments and for, for God's unconditional love and for heaven. That's my glory story. And now let me share some feedback with you. Feedback comes in from Stephanie. Hey, Father Josh, my name is Stephanie and I'm writing to you from Dubai. Your podcast has helped me to grow so much in my faith and I can't thank you enough. I'm in my early 20s and although it's been hard for me at first to give up many of my views and beliefs, I'm glad God has called me on this journey early in life rather than later. Through your podcast, I've been able to guide my family in little ways back to him, and I'll be forever grateful to you for that. Praying for you and your ministry. Take care, Father. God bless. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Stephanie. I think I've been to Dubai before, uh, I think. Uh, I'm terribly bad with geography, but I did missionary work in Calcutta with Mother Teresa's sisters a number of years ago, and I'm pretty sure we went through Dubai at some point to get to Calcutta. Maybe, maybe not. Don't remember. But um, nonetheless, praise God. So happy to hear your feedback. That just makes my heart happy. Now, let's get into today's show.
All right, first question comes in from Rosie. It's about honoring our parents. Rosie says this, hey, Father Josh, what do we do if we have parents that are a little unsupportive of anything we do? How can I follow the commandment, honor your father and mother as best as I can? How can I let go of negative things my mom does that affects my life? I honestly don't think I'm much of a problematic child, but my mom constantly criticizes me and is simply always angry at anything I do, whether good or bad. I don't talk back, but sometimes her actions really do hurt my feelings. Thank you, Rosie. Rosie, that's such a good question. And it's, it's a common experience for a lot of us. You know, uh, our parents, like us, are not perfect. They're imperfect. They are broken like us. They are sinners like us. And so hurt people hurt people, wounded people wound people. So how do we, how do we abide with them, uh, especially whenever you're living at home with them? And that's what it seems like from your question. I could be off, but it seems like you're still living at home with your mom. Uh, a few things. As I pray for you, the prodigal son story came to my mind. We all know that story. Son leaves home, takes his father's inheritance, spends it on sin, is then destitute and poor and recognized that the pigs eat better than him. Goes back home to his father, not because he's sorry, but because he simply is hungry. Uh, his father then welcomes him back home and throws a feast for him. Then the other brother who never left home, who was always faithful to his father, got upset because he was like, yo, father, dad, you never did this for me. I've been faithful all these years and you never threw a party. You never did a feast for me. Like, why have you never celebrated me? And the father was like, you never told me that, that you wanted that. Like everything I have has always been yours. So in that story, there's a breakdown of communication. The older brother never communicated to his dad, his thoughts, his feelings, and his desires. And so I think it's really important for us in any relationship, whether it's with coworkers or with friends or with spouses or with parents or with siblings or with neighbors or with classmates to communicate well. Uh, and so the, if the older brother would have communicated to his father, then his father maybe would have become more aware of, of what his son wanted from him in the relationship. And so I think we also ought to communicate our thoughts, feelings, and desires with other people um, so they can actually know. As a pastor, I let my staff evaluate me. I evaluate them. But they also evaluate me and we get together monthly with these caffeinated conversations. We have coffee and and I check on them and see how they're doing. But I also ask them, what don't I know that I need to know? Like, how am I doing as your pastor? How am I doing as your boss? Am I loving you well? Am I attentive to you? Where am I doing well? Where am I lacking? And they share it with me. So I think it's important to do that with each other. So to kind of sandwich it, you know, start with the positive, then go to a negative, then go to a positive. So let your mom know how she's being a great mom to you, where she's really excelling at and making you feel loved as a child. But also to let her know where, where she's hurting you at. And then to sandwich it with another positive affirmation because we all need encouragement and affirmation. A practical way you can do this is a model called FFF, facts, feelings, and future. You tell her the fact. Here's just the fact of what happened. It made me feel this way. What can we do in the future so that I can continue to feel this way if it's positive or so that I don't have to feel this way if it's negative? Then invite her to do the same with you. I think whenever we are open to um, criticism as well and encouragement, then it helps the lines of communication to be much better. I also, as I was praying for you, um, was drawn to 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7, where St. Paul says, love is patient and love is kind and love does not brood and love is gentle and, and love uh, hopes, believes, endures all things. So I would just encourage you to, to pray with that passage. And as long as your mother's not physically or emotionally or mentally or sexually abusive toward you, if she is, put up the boundary. But if she's not, if it's just her temperament and her personality and she's a very critical person, then try to be patient with her after you share your thoughts, feelings, and desires with her through communication. Um, try to be patient and be kind to her even whenever she's not kind to you. Don't brood over her imperfections, but focus on the gifts that she's done for you. Focus on her good qualities. Maybe pray a litany of gratitude. 
and just try to endure uh, being with her the way Jesus Christ endures us. You know, the way he doesn't give up on us whenever we constantly let him down and constantly sin against him and hurt him um, in our walk toward eternity. A quote from St. John of the Cross also came to my mind. One day he was talking to his friars and he says, you should engrave this truth on your heart. You have not entered into a religious life for any other reason than to be worked and tried in virtue. Um, you are like a stone that must be chiseled by others in the community. And sometimes they're going to chisel you with words that you don't want to hear. Sometimes they're going to chisel you uh, by um, not esteeming you or feeling any love for you, by their temperament, or by their personality. It may annoy you. And he says, you ought to suffer these, these, um, these things in silence. Um, because they will help to purify us and transform us of our ego. And so we all need to be transformed. It would be so easy if we could all live in a community that was already in heaven. You know, if, if everybody was really nice to us and if everybody was really kind and if everybody was really encouraging and affirming and always there for us and loved us the way that we wanted to be loved. But the reality is, is we don't live in that community on earth and we show God that we love him by still choosing to sacrifice ourselves for them whenever they are not being grateful for us and whenever they are still um, slowly making progress in their life, whenever we can uh, go out of ourselves for them, that's how we show God we love them. You know, like, God, uh, I love you so much that I'm willing to imitate Jesus Christ crucified and pour myself out for their good. Finally, I think family counseling and therapy is also a great gift. And so if after you pray and try to grow in virtue and communicate, if there's still a lot of areas where just the wounds are, are deep, then I would encourage you to not only get a personal therapist and family counselor, but to get one for you and your mom together to sit down to do group counseling with each other. Um, and so again, if it's an abusive relationship in any way, shape or form, then put up the boundary and, you know, call the cops. Uh, but if it's not like abusive, then this might just be um, an area of further growth in your formation. Because if you can uh, learn how to communicate well with people who are difficult now in your family, then it will just be a blessing to you as you go out into the workforce and into school and into your own family of learning how to how to communicate well and how to pray through people's mess. So that's what I, I think about that. Let me know, Rosie, if that was in any way, shape or form helpful for you. Next question is about aliens. It's from Ryan. How do we how do you think the church would respond to the discovery of a human like possessing will and intellect? alien species would that have any impact on our understanding of human beings being made in the image and likeness of god thanks ryan ryan this is a good question y'all have been hitting me up with some speculative theological questions lately which i'm grateful for because it makes me think i can get very comfortable in uh my little my little box on you know whatever i, I really like to talk about so i've been studying this question and just a few things the church has no official teaching on whether or not aliens exist in any other planets uh in the world i mean in the universe but as a theologian, one could speculate this, and Catholics are free to speculate whether or not there's intelligent life that is in existence anywhere in the universe. Uh, theologically speaking, we have to keep this in mind that God uh, is powerful and that God can do anything. God is able to do just what he said he would do. Hey, and nothing is impossible for God. And that is theologically true. And so because nothing's impossible for God, not only could have God created us and this continent of North America or South America or Asia or Africa or Europe, but God could have also created life not only on earth, but in the universe on other planets. God can do anything. As far as we know, we are the only intelligible beings in existence in all of creation. Um, however, some of, I mean, there might be intelligible beings outside of the planet earth who have you know, rational souls, who have a, a free will. And if that's the case, then I would propose that, that they are descendants of Adam and Eve, that somehow just like we ended up all over the world in Africa and Asia and Europe, 
that somehow the descendants of Adam and Eve also ended up in space. Don't know how it happened. Don't know how we got all over here, but somehow it happened. Um, and that if they are descendants of Adam and Eve, then they too have original sin like we do. And if they have original sin, they are lacking God's grace. And if they are lacking God's grace, then they too need to be evangelized and discipled. They too need to hear the gospel proclamation and the charisma. They too are invited into a sacramental relationship with Jesus Christ in the Catholic Church, who tells the apostles and their successors, the disciples, to go out and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And so if we are going to do this, then that means that we've got to imitate the apostles in Acts chapter two. And when we, if we ever encounter aliens who are rational and who have a free will and who are intelligent, who have a soul, then we've got to learn their culture and learn their language and learn their religions. And then once we understand them, we are invited by God to share the fullness of the truth, which is only found in the sacramental life of the Catholic Church with our brothers and sisters from different planets who are in some way, shape or form descendants of our first parents, Adam and Eve. For all we know, though, if they are in existence somewhere, God has already begun to minister to them through apparitions of the Blessed Virgin Mary or through the angels um, or even through saints uh, and through people who are alive right now who who can bilocate. Remember, Padre Pio would bilocate from uh, Europe to America all the time. And Venerable Mary Vigrida, who wrote that really cool book, The Mystical City of God, she also bilocated to the continent of North America. Before Christianity ever came to this land, she would bilocate here and she would share Jesus and the Blessed Mother with the indigenous people of this land. And so if she did it you know, hundreds of years ago and if Padre Pio did it uh, a few years ago, then why can't we expect that God is doing that through his disciples in the 21st century today, if there is some extraordinary life out there in the world, extraordinary, if there's, if there's some life out there in the world today. Um, so, so that's what, as a speculative theologian, I would, I would propose. Uh, let me know what you think though. Uh, before we come back, we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to dive into our final question about fearing the Holy Ghost. Nestled under the warm Florida sun is a university whose name indicates a vocational call. Ave Maria, which is Latin for Hail Mary, recalls the angel Gabriel's announcement to Mary of her future vocation, becoming the mother of God. Enriched by God's grace, Mary freely assents to this call. This is the model for all students. Come to Ave Maria University, where we offer a liberal arts curriculum buoyed by the sacraments. This empowers you to clearly see your vocational call, whatever that call might be. Ave Maria University, your vocation location. Visit AveMaria.edu or call 1-833-AMUSWFL. All right, all right, all right. Last question is about fear of the Holy Spirit. This comes in from Barbara. Barbara writes this, Barbara, that makes me think of a Batman and Batwoman, a Batgirl, Barbara, isn't that Batgirl's name? When I was a kid, I used to watch that old school Batman TV show with, I think, Adam West, maybe? Pow, boom, bang. Hey, Padre, I recently started listening to your podcast, and I love it. Thank God for Father Mark Mary of the CFRs, who mentioned your podcast is one of his favorites. Ah, they are so good. I love the CFRs. Shout out to Father PT, Pierre Toussaint, and all the CFRs. They do amazing work for the kingdom of God. Otherwise, who knows when I would have discovered this gem of a podcast. I'm a cradle Catholic, but did not know much about my faith until last year when, by the grace of God, I felt the call to dive deeper into it, and your podcast has helped me tremendously. My question is about the Holy Spirit. How does one grow in their relationship with the Holy Spirit, and what is the Catholic understanding of being Spirit-filled? I'm currently watching a 14-part series on the Holy Spirit on YouTube, hosted by Father Dave of the TORs, again, another great community. 
that is stressing me out a little bit. It's a great series, but it's made me aware of my non-existent relationship with the spirit due to fear and anxiety. In high school, I went to a few Pentecostal gatherings where the preacher would say something in the lines of receive the Holy Spirit and people would go crazy. Yet nothing ever happened to me. I started actively avoiding such gatherings out of feeling guilty about my being resistant to the spirit. And honestly, I think I was kind of afraid of what might happen because I'm a little shy. So if I have an experience, I was hoping it would not be too crazy so as to draw attention to myself. Recently, our parish priest prayed over me and he called upon the spirit and asked me to do the same by asking the spirit from deep within my heart to come. I tried, at least I think I did, but I didn't feel anything, not even a sense of overwhelming peace like some people say they feel. Is being afraid of the spirit normal for some people? Is the spirit always in us? And if so, why are we encouraged to pray, come Holy Spirit, often? Lastly, how do I know he's working, especially when I cannot feel his presence? I'm a little discouraged, to be honest, but I'm trying not to give up. I hope this made sense. I did not know how to ask this question with just one question, Barbara. Barbara, that's a great many questions. And so, um, first of all, I reverence you and I reverence your heart. And and I yeah, yeah I get it. Um, I grew up in the charismatic. When I had my conversion, it was through the charismatic renewal. And so... Uh, there's a lot of really mature expressions of the charismatic renewal and a lot of immature expressions of the charismatic renewal. So a few things. Number one, just because you don't feel God, whether it's the Father, the Son, or the Holy Spirit, does not mean that God's not with us. And so sometimes God strips us of being able to perceive his presence. He did this with Mother Teresa for over 50 years um, because he knew that would be best for her at that time in her life. And so if it is best for you to be able to feel God, to have insights, to be inspired to have uh, experiences, uh, to be emotional about your time with God in prayer, Father, Son, and or Holy Spirit. If it's good for you, you're going to feel them. You're going to have the insights. You're going to have the experiences. You're going to rest in the Spirit, speak in tongues, uh, cry, laugh, dance, all that stuff, right? If that is what is best for you to become a saint. If that is not what's best for you, then it's not going to happen. No matter how much you ask for it, it will not happen, right? And so it's good to express our desires to God, like, like Jesus did in the Garden of Gethsemane. He expressed a desire, God, like, let this child be removed from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. So in your prayer, it's like, okay, Holy Spirit, like, uh, if it's best for me to have um, an experience of you in a profound way that would help me to become a saint and grow in discipleship of Jesus Christ as a beloved son or daughter of the Father, I want it. I desire it. But if it's not best for me to have that feeling, like, I only want what is best. So if you're going to strip me of that, of my senses, being able to perceive, then I want whatever you want, God. Whatever you want, whatever's best is what I want. Whatever's going to help me to abide in relationship with Jesus, Holy Spirit, that's what I want. So do you abide in relationship with the Holy Spirit right now? Well, have you been baptized? If you've been baptized, then you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You are the body of Jesus Christ. Uh, you have charisms of the Holy Spirit that were given to you at your baptism. You have been born again. Are you living in a state of grace? Do you frequently receive the sacrament of reconciliation where your sins are forgiven? Are you receiving Holy Communion where your faith is nurtured and sustained in Jesus Christ in a state of grace from going to confession? Have you been confirmed? If you've been confirmed, then by being confirmed, again, you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. So I would just encourage you to, first of all, recognize that the sacraments are super duper powerful. They're really, really powerful. And so just pay attention to that. Am I intentional, consistent in my relationship with the sacraments? How do I know um, if I can't feel the Holy Spirit that I'm like growing in my relationship with the Holy Spirit, who I want to grow in, who I'm expressing to God, I want to grow in that relationship, but I'm a little bit afraid. Well, um, am I drawn to scripture? I think whenever we are alive in the spirit, we are drawn to pray with scripture more. We're drawn to study scripture. We're drawn to fellowship with other disciples. We are drawn to prioritize worship at Sunday mass and daily mass. 
Uh, we are drawn to serve God in the poorest of the poor. We're drawn to to right wrongs in institutional uh, systems. Uh, those are all signs that we are being filled with the Holy Spirit. We're not going to necessarily be drawn to all the above all the same time, right? But there are different seasons in our life where we're going to find that we're drawn to some more than others. And if that's the case, then those are certainly signs that you are alive in the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit. And finally, whenever the Holy Spirit descended upon the apostles in Acts chapter 2, the very first thing that happened was they went out. They went out to people who were different from them, and they listened to people's stories and learned their languages and their cultures, and then they shared the joy of the gospel with them through the gift of uh, speaking their language. So I would say... The Spirit of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so uh, pay attention to your being inspired to to learn about other people. If you're an introvert, it might not necessarily be through big groups of people, but like one-on-one. It might be through studying other people's cultures and lives online and through reading books. And as you get to know them and their culture through your study, listening to podcasts, watching documentaries, reading books, research, and one-on-one encounters— then you can share the greatest gift that God has given you, which is your faith in Jesus Christ and in the sacramental life of the church that Jesus Christ founded. Um, Why do we say come Holy Spirit? Well, because God invites us and imitation flows from adoration. And so the more I look at God, the more I'm going to imitate God. And so God never forces us to come to him. He only invites us. He never imposes his will on us. He only proposes. And so likewise, we invite the Holy Spirit, come You're welcome in this place, Holy Spirit. You're welcome in this place of my heart. You have a home in my heart. Come and dwell with me if you want more and more and more. God will never go where we don't want him to go. He will never force. He only knocks. And so we invite him to come, to come in. You have a home with me, God. So I hope that was helpful for you. All right, let's go ahead and do a quick prayer and gratitude for the gift of the priesthood and for the gift of the sacraments and for the gift of salvation for all eternity. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. All glory be to the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Offer the heart of Jesus through the heart of Mary. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lady of Cabejo, pray for us. I shall God bless. I will see you next week. Thank you.